0: Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes, thanks for joining me. This time we're gonna talk a little bit about the consumer, the U.S. consumer and the impact they're having on the global marketplace and what the Fed is going to do, waiting on the Fed, taper or not. Quick look at the numbers. Well, the first estimate of third quarter GDP came in pretty much where I thought it would, at two. It's been at six, not a good number. Two is better. I think two is a little generous. We'll know when we get the second and third estimates for GDP for the third quarter. It is starting to reflect the numbers catching up to where reality is. PCE, a great indicator of inflation, is really going nowhere. We're still at 3.6. Initial claims are working their way down. Just so you know, an average in 2019 was about 218,000 a week. We're creeping down there. We'll probably be at 4% unemployment by the end of the year. That's kind of an estimate. Oil's still a little high. Just as a reminder, a year ago, oil was $35 a barrel really too low. I think 80 is too high, 30 is too low. Natural environment for a barrel of oil these days, low 70s, upper 60s, that kind of thing. Right now, the Saudis and Russia need a little cash flow, so they're trying to keep the the income up, but that's not going to last very much longer. And we'll spend a lot of time on the interest rates for a variety of reasons. 30 years all the way up to about Three and a quarter. Okay, incomes are up, especially lower end of the income, the minimum federal hourly wage, and a lot of places driven by the marketplace. I mean, you can get hired at uh, good times in Denver. I think they're starting at 16. Well, they need to start at 16. That lower end, all of the income increases have been down there in the hourly worker range. They need to be. The other side of the coin, the cost of benefits and so on and so forth, really hasn't done much. In fact, that's been creeping down for the last decade. Don't see many changes in that. But spending has been very robust. This is a lot of things. This is adopting the new home to COVID. This is color TVs. This is swimming pools. This is washing machines, all kinds of things. It has been very robust. Considering this goes back to the 50s, it is almost more than an anomaly of what the numbers look like. It really is a U.S. consumer out there buying everything. Granted, 15% of it is still waiting outside of Long Beach, but that'll work itself out. You have to go to holiday sales to find out when things other than services and auto and all the rest of these big ticket items, you take all that stuff out and you have what they call holiday sales. And this is where we are. The little red dots here are the decembers in these years, and it's not significant. It really is what's been going on the entire quarter before the holidays roll around. And these are well up. This is toys. Again, swimming pools, TVs, that kind of stuff. People feathering their nest, and they've been doing a lot of it. Clearly, this is people have been not waiting for the normal Christmas season. They've been buying lots of stuff earlier, just waiting for it to arrive. Existing home sales remain good. Don't think that the real estate market has cooled. It is not. It's moving along just fine. Some of the really robust growth in prices has changed a little bit. But when you look back, we're still at a 20-year low in inventory. It is hard to find the home you're looking for and people are still bidding on them. The other side of the real estate market is it's really not falling apart. This is Fannie and Freddie. Foreclosures are coming back to norms. A lot of the people who did their mortgage abatement and took it seriously and got 90 days or further behind are finding, well, we'll just sell it and we'll walk away frequently with a little profit. There's also a, not a lot of buildup and debt in a lot of these new sales. Most of these deals are cash. Well, not most, but a lot of them are cash. The bigger they are, the more cash they are. Not building up debt on the consumer side. GDP, well, This is a classic. I love headlines like this. This is just out of Bloomberg, like yesterday. U.S. economic growth slows. Well, yes, it slowed. This is the third quarter estimate of GDP is down at two. And if you look at long term, two is a good number for growth in the U.S. economy. We had this little anomaly here, the COVID, fine. That stuff is working itself out. We need to be down at two. Like I said before, two is probably a little generous. We could easily be flat by the end of the year. Don't let it worry you. That's kind of where we ought to be. It's a $22 trillion economy, and it doesn't move well if it goes past about one and a half. The equity markets in the past year have done great. The Dow, the S&P 500, there's been some tries at a legitimate correction, no help there, too much buying, and the market is recovering very quickly, and it continues to do so. Part and parcel, we've talked about earnings per share. We've talked about corporations buying their own stock back, so on and so forth. But the margins, margin expansion, that's a great term. Margins are great. The actual money they make on a dollar of sale continues to be good, Some of that's productivity, some of that is some changes, some of that is people resigning. There's a lot of reasons. Margins are great. There's not a mysterious bubble forming in the equity market like it has in the past. There's so much sensitivity on what exactly the earnings are per each share and how they're valued, and that continues to be a very pointed activity for a lot of people on Wall Street. They're just looking for a reason to sell. I had a question about the impact of oil, and I mentioned that oil is about 83 and change right now, and how it has affected GDP in economies all around the globe. Well, the impact of oil is clearly down. This is liters per thousand of GDP, and it continues to go down. The Saudis, which is far and away the largest oil company on earth, uh, know this is happening. In 30 years, the impact of oil and a lot of hydrocarbons on the global economy will be half what this is. We're not gonna be at zero by 2050, don't quote me at that, but the impact of actual hydrocarbons is continuing to drop and it's not going to slow down. The yield curve, for those of you that really follow the yield curve, this is fascinating and very informative. The yields are tightening. That means long yields, 30 years, are coming down and midterm 10 years and shorter are coming up, the yield curve is flattening. Rather than being like this, like it normally is, it's coming down. Well, a lot of that in the US anyway is anticipation that the Federal Reserve is going to raise rates and they probably should. What has happened is just hinting that the Federal Reserve is going to stop buying as much stuff as they have. I've mentioned before, it's about $80 billion a month They're going to taper those purchases down. I love that. Taper those purchases down. And the market has already reacted to it. Midterm rates have gone up. Long-term rates have gone down. Some of that is anticipation that the Federal Reserve sometime next year, depending upon whether Chairman Powell is reappointed or not, whether they raise rates. If they raise rates, it'll probably be a quarter of a percentage point 25 basis points, which would mean taking money from being free to costing a quarter of a point. Not very dramatic, but it's still raising rates and it has a certain amount of drama in the media. The market has already anticipated this. The market has already adjusted. It's not going to be a big deal whether they raise rates or not. A couple questions on, gee, isn't China still an important part of the global economy. Well, there's not one Chinese company in the top 10 globally anymore. Saudi Aramco is, but even Tencent here just dropped out and they are dropping like flies. Unfortunately, Alibaba, which was anticipating to be a great competitor to Amazon over the years, has dropped almost off a cliff. A lot of these Chinese companies, I wouldn't call them great companies, But they were growing, and anytime they're growing, you know, buy low, sell high. They're changing what's going on in the globe. Fundamentally, when you get right down to it, the Chinese are adopting the common prosperity. Yes. Well, they're chopping up everything at the top, thinking that money is going to trickle down to people on the bottom. United States is working a little bit on common prosperity too, as we should. The difference is, we're going to pay the people on the bottom without chopping up the people on the top. Fundamentally very different, and I can assure you will work better. In anticipation, any reasonable capitalist will remember that the social safety net, the social fabric is very important. You need to keep it healthy to keep the whole system working well. So right now, the pendulum is over here, and they're trying to put some social spending, social networks support the bottom side of humanity as well as they can. A lot of things, paid family leave, so on and so forth, they're not gonna make it, but there might be some, for those of you that have remembered the old Head Start program, which was a very successful preschool program, yeah, We'll get something like that back. That's pretty good. A little child care, that's good. Social network. In the U.S., it's very important to keep that pendulum swinging. That is the most important thing. When it's over here, okay, great. We'll cut some taxes. We'll be capitalists. One is not more important than the other. So whatever's going on in Congress right now, what comes out of that should be social Safety net spending, just where it ought to be. Increases in Social Security, very efficient money, very efficient. I've talked about that a lot. Okay. That's all there is for now. I appreciate you joining me. Uh, As always, happy to deal with questions, info at shwj.com. I'll see you in a couple of weeks.